Let's go ahead and get started. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank the Lord for this time that you've given us to be able to get into your word, to be able to see how we can be able to position ourselves to be soldiers that win, uh, individuals that conquer, individuals that thrive, even in the midst of battle. I pray, Lord, that as I um, exegete this text and be able to engage in conversation with these students, that we'll be able to uh, uh, gain uh, knowledge and wisdom and understanding on how we can better position ourselves in this prevalent obvious, invisible war that we are in the midst of. With that being said, I come against every demonic spirit that may try to war against me, any retaliation that may try to come against myself, my family, my extended family. I counsel every plot and scheme set against myself as I engage, as well as any plot or schemes that set against these young people that may try to um, cause their ears to close to this or cause them to engage in even deeper uh, forms of warfare and the consequences of it. Father, I turn my attention back to you. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity once again to pour into these young people. I do not count it likely, and I, and I count it an honor that you will use me to do so. And we appreciate it, Father. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. So for the last few weeks, man, we've been in <clears throat> Ephesians. When it comes, I, I hope I don't have to engage in y'all's warfare. Y'all, I don't know why y'all talking. I don't know why. Like, you know, I love y'all. I just don't want this opportunity to be robbed from other people who may be going through warfare. And these topics, the reason why I may have a little tone with that is because this is serious. And oftentimes when you do hear chatter that erupts right when these type, type of messages are brought to the surface, it is a form of spiritual warfare. So just be, I won't be too long, but just, just understand um, um, uh, what we're in the middle of right now, especially with Pastor talking about warfare as well. Obviously, this is a direction that he wants to hold uh, body to, uh, to engage in so that we can be better equipped because we don't know what's coming. When pastors and people of that statue begin to talk about spiritual warfare, there must be something coming down the pipeline that God wants his people to be prepared for. So let's engage. Uh, we've been in verse 11 and 12. Well, we'll be in verse 12 today, but let's go into verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God <clears throat> that you may be able to stand against the schemes of for the last two weeks we've been talking about what a scheme is. We said a scheme is a large-scale systematic plan or arrangement for attaining a particular object. We talked about how the devil's objective is to steal, kill, and destroy, to rob from us time, rob from us uh, abilities, rob from us family and loved ones because he knows how crippling emotionally and mentally those things are when robbed from us, right? And we talked about how he's after a particular or wants to put in uh, to affect a particular idea. We talked about how these systems, these systematic plots and schemes of hetero, uh, homosexuality or, or come on in, or, or no matter what it is, uh, whether it's uh, gang violence, whether it's uh, the influence of music, whether it's whatever the top mainstream uh, 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 ways that the enemy's after us, we see um, that it's a particular idea he wants to get into an effect that is contrary to God's original design. And so verse 11, we talked about what it means to put on all armor and how putting on partial armor uh, uh, puts us in a vulnerable state. Uh, it says, and so that we'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We want to be in a position where when the attack comes, we're able to stand. Now, we're going to be talking about verse 12 and I may get into 1 Peter 5, 8, but verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So we see this text alludes or gives us an insight 
that the enemy that we're facing right now is not an unintelligent entity or group. Do you know demons are intelligent? These spiritual beings are smart. They're not the little things that was advertised in the early 70s, 80s or 90s of Satan being four foot 11 with a pitchfork and some horns. That's the, the devil's plot with that was to make us see him as either non-existent or, un, 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 or unable to come against. So if we view the devil as small, then he'll take all. If we view him as something that's non-existent, that's small, the greatest thing they said the devil ever did was to make us believe he never existed or that he's not who he is. Why do you think the devil would advertise himself as someone small? Why do you think his what his ultimate objective with that is? Yes. To underestimate. And what, what are the consequences of underestimating your enemy? You won't be prepared. What else? Why do you think Satan advertised himself small? And how does that affect us when it comes to warfare? We'll stick with that. Underestimated, right? And so all of us who play ball, play basketball. Back when I played ball here at Victory. You know, we'll come in there. We had a, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, player. We'll, you know, I was 6'2", at the time. We had some tall athletes. We were a pretty good team. We walk in and we'll see like a... Uh, 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 another team, predominantly of the Caucasian persuasion, right? And, and we just assume this will be an easy night. We assume that we're going to walk in this gym. We don't even got to stretch. <laughs> we don't even, we playing around the layup lines, coaches yelling at us. We just out here taking them for granted. And then when we get on that court and them boys smoothing that ball, hitting threes, all of a sudden now the team that obviously on paper and visibly is better we find ourselves in a dilemma. We as Christians are the same. We go into the gym of life and we just look at our opponents and we'll be like, ah, that ain't nothing. And then when it's really time to play and we see that those demons know how to move the ball, those demons shooting shots, turn around to their, to their teams, putting up threes, hitting the corner three, and, and, and the crowd is erupting, then all of a sudden we find ourselves in a deficit. And it happens all the time. Are you winning or are you losing? Like the team, the demons that you're playing against right now, who's winning? Think about that. That's a real question. Who's winning? If you're sinning, you're not winning. If you find yourself in a situation where you're not taking this seriously, you're losing. And what when you lose, what do you lose? Like I can't afford to lose. If I lose, baby girl loses. If I lose, my wife loses. So so I have to take this walk seriously and not allow myself to be interacting with unnecessary drama. That's the same for you. What things are you wrestling against? Or what are the things that you're engaging in, ignoring the obvious enemy, right? And so when we understand that, we have to say, okay, this enemy that we're warring against is not just on a global scale. Like, like the enemy that we're wrestling against is actually individual, one-on-one -on -one with us, wrestling with us. Now, let's break this text down a little bit. So it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, wrestle by definition means to combat an opposing tendency or force or to engage. And here's the first question. What are some things we are wrestling against that are distracting us from our real enemy? What are the type of people? What are the type of situations? What are the type of flesh and blood type things that we're wrestling against that's distracting us from actually warring against the real enemy? 
Yes. Uh, circumstances. And expound that for me. Circumstances. Um, we as humans, we tend to look at the actual, we look at the actual problem um, instead of looking past the problem. Um, and then once you handle that problem, even if you handle it, you still haven't handled the root. That's real. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. It's ineffective. And so when you look at the word flesh, it's not just talking about just the human. What's all in a person's flesh? Yeah, and so what are the what are the um, the decaying factors of the flesh that we we wrestle against sometimes? Because we're flesh and blood, so sometimes we're just not wrestling against someone else's flesh and blood. We're also wrestling against our flesh and blood. What is what are some things that what you said that can be things that we wrestle against when it comes to that flesh category? Yeah. So we all got to understand that what person, what some may have, you can't always have because that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But strategically, brought you here for a reason. He didn't expect you to be somebody else. People that pretend to be something that they're not, don't do that's real. So what you're saying is that we're wrestling against envy and jealousy. But that boy broke it down. That was pretty good. That was good. So we're wrestling against envy and jealousy, right? When you look at flesh and blood, when it comes to us, we'll talk about ourselves first, and we'll talk about other individuals that we wrestle against or other things that include people. Flesh and blood can also be our personal flesh issues, our lusts, our own desires. But what about bloodlines? Like some to some of us are wrestling against what our previous blood individuals have done, what our dad's dad's dad going through, or what our mom's mom's going through. If you look at your life right now, I guarantee it to some degree, you can see some similarities from the tendencies and habits of your dad if you're a man, or your or your mom if you're a girl, or vice versa. Like a lot of young men who grew up in a single parent home with a bunch of women, right? You'll begin to see female women tendencies or you'll begin to see the lack of a father being there, whatever it is. You have to look at your own self and say, what about me am I wrestling against? Because how can I wrestle against my enemy if I haven't first made myself who was once an enemy a person that can actually war with? Think about that. So what are some of the flesh things internally that we wrestle against with our own selves that hinders us, that the enemy uses against us when he's the obvious enemy. Yes, Drew? Uh, our souls. And, uh, give me something specific in the soul. Like our will, our emotions. Yeah. So expound that for me. Uh, the devil can put something in your mind, and if you just let it pass by you, it's going to keep bringing it back until you turn it into action, and then it becomes your character. So you just got to cast on your cares because God cares. That's real. So you, you're saying basically a thought like some. How many of us have have experience where we entertained a demonic thought, but thought it was our thought? Been there, done that. The demon demons ultimate objective when it comes to our minds is to infiltrate our mentality, our mindset to weaken it with certain thoughts. What are some thoughts that will weaken a person's mentality that would hinder them from being a person that can wrestle well? Yes. Expound it from a self-doubt. Um, I mean, you rock someone's that person is pretty much out for a while anyways because you have to rebuild it. Um, so that's one way that you can weaken your opponent, just get into their head. 
Just get into there and make them disbelieve what God has already planted the seed of what they want them to do. That's why you have to really begin to say, hey, God, if you call me to it, if you chosen me for it, if you place me here to do it, then I'm sure enough to do it. Who struck? Well, you don't have to raise your hand, but there's probably a lot of people that do struggle with self-doubting him. Like it's one thing to doubt yourself if you ain't put the work in. Right. All right, man, listen, you know, like play against my nephew. I probably shouldn't have played against him. I ain't played in five months. Those type of scenarios that I wasn't prepared for. But there are certain things that we doubt about ourselves that's that's intrinsically us. Like like imagine me doubting myself as a speaker. Imagine me doubting myself as a preacher. Imagine me doubting myself as a dad. Imagine me doubting myself as a husband. Like I y'all have no room to doubt. If I doubt, I set myself to be put out of what it is that I'm doubting against. And a lot of us, we got to think about that. What am I outseeing myself or outing myself of because I'm doubting myself? We got to say, okay, God, you made me this way. And I'm not going to allow no peers or anyone like that to hinder that. What are some other things internally, thought patterns or whatever, that weakens us, that cause us to be people that can't wrestle well? Yes, Drew? Boy, you be boy, you come, uh, Drew, new, Drew King James. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, soul, heart. Okay, the heart. We'll talk about the heart. Uh, being prideful, thinking you can do everything by yourself. Yeah. So, pride. So, tell me how pride can weaken someone when it comes to wrestling. Uh, you thinking you can beat the devil by yourself, mm. even though you didn't put the work in. And then, once you get defeated, then God will be like, I try to help you, fam. <laughs> God be like this, bro. I try to help God, what did he say? Fam, that's my. Hey, man, is he rubbing off? You know what I'm saying? That's how God be talking, like, bro. I try to help you. Like, we in our own strength, we are incapable. That's why I tell, man. Like, the devil, these demons, is nothing to play with. Like, I can't wrestle in my own strength. Even God Himself. God, the God man, came and didn't even try to wrestle the devil with us. He wrestled with the word, the word. Like, imagine, that's why I love communication. I talked about in economics how there's four levels of, of, of money. There's implementation. Those are people that only work with their hands. You're not going to make a lot of money when you just use your hands only. We're talking about muscle. Then there's unification. Those are managers. Managers only make between 40-something thousand um, to about $120,000 a year. They just, they just managers, right? Then there's people who communicate. Communicators are people who can make money from 250000 all the way to a billion dollars. There's a lot of people who communicate. They, they make a lot of money from communication. The ultimate, the ultimate form of generating income, we're talking about potentially making multi-billions of dollars, is people who have a strong imagination. People who can see, like Steve Jobs had an imagination. Like, like these people saw industries that never existed. They, they revamped, restructured, and, and, and created new industries. But communication is important because I make a lot of money just by talking. You know how little bit of effort you can you can find success just by communicating. So that means imagine if all we did was being babes in Christ and all we did was wrestle with our muscles. Then all of a sudden you become weak because all you're doing is using your own strength to wrestle. Or what if you be like, well, let me get my other friends and maybe we can attack the devil. Then all of a sudden now y'all all weak and your friends doing your little Bible studies, doing your little prayer groups and nobody's being discipled. Nobody's doing no repentance. And all of a sudden your whole group is sin. 
It is through the communicating of God's word that you have power. How you communicate the words you heard, the words that you uh, uh, herald, the, those, those type of, of, of power is significant. And when we understand the power of communication, then we'll be able to say, hey, God, I need your help. I can't I can't wrestle the enemy in my own strength. I can't wrestle the enemy with other people's strength. I wrestle from the strength within through the words that I use. That's why, man, pastor today, man, yo, I'm glad she didn't come tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I don't have no reception. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how they pull them verses up. You know what I'm saying? I thought she was going to come to the back and I was about to go to the bathroom <laughs> and let my wife handle that. Now nah, I'm messing. I'm messing. I know some scripture. I'm just messing. But what I'm saying is, like, we obviously saw that we are not equipped verbally to go against a violent enemy that loses all for our words. So I can outsmart the devil, you can't. I can out-intelligentize, if that's the word, you can't. I can outbox him, you can't. You can't. So now I got to know what actually makes me can, right? And so all those things are good on what we wrestle. And that flesh and blood is important. I got like, how many of us are wrestling against the, the tactics and the strategies that's coming down our bloodlines? Not only are you wrestling your own self, but you're wrestling against what your dad had to do. People were still wrestling against pornography. <clears throat> People still wrestling against uh, uh, low self-esteem when it comes to women. Like we're wrestling with the things that our parents wrestled with and we're not even equipped to wrestle what they wrestled with. So now you got to say, OK, I, and what am I wrestling against that, I, that I'm masking like that? I don't know who the real enemy is. I got to know for a fact that that the demon that was with my dad is going to try to come through me. And when I understand, I'll be like, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to allow myself to get into self-doubt or to insecurities because of what I'm wrestling through my bloodline. I got to find myself and who God is. I mean, next question is. Um, so we're saying that. We're wrestling oftentimes with something that is not our real enemy. Now, let's get to people. What are some type of people, situations with people that we wrestle against that was actually a demonic plot that the devil's hiding behind to rob from you? Friends. So how can a friend be a frenemy? Like, you, like, okay, you can have a friend, like, trying to lead you straight down to, like, Destruction, but yeah. you wouldn't realize it because you care about how much like, you care about mm. Like you care about what they say, how they act towards you. you know Let me tell you this. Watch who you care for. Because what who you care for, you will carry. Then you'll feel obligated to continue to carry. And then when you find that they're carrying something demonic, then you already carry too much of a bond that you can't break. That's why you got to be very careful who you say I love you to. Be very careful who you say I, I, you're my BFF, we're friends. Be very careful who you share your stories with. <laughs> be very careful because you could be entertaining a demon unaware. I don't think people understand just how much people are used. And we end up, man, we all been in dating relationships. We all been there. Well, some of us, right? Some of us, we've been in friendships, right? The devil loves the honeymoon phases. They hide behind the honeymoon phase. What they do is, it's all sweet. We done been on the phone till 4 a.m. I've been there 4 a.m. I remember when I was, uh, <laughs> when I was, uh, when I was dating, when I was dating, um, 
my nieces, she was probably about nay yay high. I had her chuckling, laughing to the point where her dad was like t- texting her like, go, y'all go to bed. You know, I, I, I had her laughing. But you see what I'm saying? Like you, you get caught up, right? The honeymoon phase. They hide behind the honeymoon phase because they know we're human. And we go by feelings. Oh, she makes me feel good. She makes me feel seen. He makes me feel loved. And that's why the devil loves voids. That's why he cripples the home. He removes the dad so the girl can be looking for dad tendencies in a bad boy. So when the boy is, 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 is feeling what the dad didn't feel, then now she's feeling something, longing for some feeling that that boy is incapable of fulfilling. So now what happens is even with a young girl or a young boy, if the boy is, is trapped with a void and not having a dad, then he is incapable of fulfilling roles. Then if he can't fulfill roles, then he cripples whatever he tries to roll himself into. Then what happens is <clears throat> we start longing for people who are incapable of filling those holes. And then we find ourselves with bigger or newer holes. That's why the Bible says that, that we have to be completed in Christ. See, the issue is because we haven't been completed, we're looking for people to complete us. We were never meant to complete or compete. We were meant to collaborate. We was meant to compliment. Meaning, I, I, if, 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 if I go to my wife and I say, wife, <laughs> make me whole. Why do you think, where do you think, think about this. Where do you think the terminology, my better half, came from? It sounds cute in the movies. That's, that's a demonic tactic that she's my better half. That means I'm half of nothing. I'm missing half of something. And we're, no, we're supposed to compliment everybody's outfit in this room. Your pants are whole in of themselves. Nobody's wearing no romper. Nobody's wearing no dress in. That's a complete outfit. Your whole sweatpants is complimenting your hoodie. Is your hoodie connected to your sweatpants? It compliments. When I wear a tie, you want to wear a tie that complements the pants and the jacket. It's whole of itself. It complements each other. But when you have a bunch of depleted people looking to be completed by people, you'll find people incomplete. And then you'll find assignments incompleted. I don't know. That's the Holy Ghost talking. I know, I know when the Holy Spirit is running. So what I'm saying is, is that we got to make sure that we don't be looking for friendships, looking for relationships, because whatever you're desperate for, a satanic device will present itself for that. It happens all the time. How many of us, we had a girlfriend, a guy friend, the first three months were amazing. You laughed at every joke he said. <laughs> Even when he came back from hooping, he smelled good to you. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it happens. It happens. Who saw that, that viral video that went around? I don't know if y'all saw that viral video that went around about that nurse who was dating some guy and that she was begging for him to come back. I don't know if y'all saw that. It went viral and on my side of the whatever. But it was talking about how how she would they she, they caught her on camera begging for she got on her knees begging for him. Right. Someone put in the comments while they was doing X, Y and Z. Like something must have happened for her because when you act that way, you're trying to feel something. But all of us are guilty in some kind of way. 
That's why the devil's objective is for you to be desperate. Because when you're desperate, you become separate. You begin to get separated far, 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 far more away from God. God is the only one that can complete you. Like, I can't look to my wife to complete me. I can only be completed through Christ and then compliment her. But when we war against flesh and blood, you'll be surprised who are ticking time bombs, who the devil has went into that person's heart and set a setting and says, we're going to set this to two years. We're going to steal her time. We're going to steal his time. We're going to steal a bunch of stuff. And then who's been in situations? I've been in relationships where you looked in the person's eyes, the one, the one, the set of eyes that once loved you, the set of eyes that wanted your attention that always was looking for your call is no longer in love with you. One day you thought, oh, they was in love with me. Oh, man, I just hugged you yesterday. We just did X, Y, and Z yesterday. And now when I look in your eyes, you're not even here for me anymore? That's the timer's up. And how much have we lost? Now, or how many of us are in toxic relationships, and we're wrestling? Like, one thing, because, you know, I'm an elder statesman in this thing as far as relationships, I'm married, right? We've learned in our own marriage that we cannot be tools that the devil uses to wrestle against each other. Because why imagine WWE, WWF, no matter how fake or real you may believe it is. You got your tag team partner, your, your, your sound, your song is playing. Dun, 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 dun. And you coming down the ramp and you and your tag team partner is coming against their tag team partner. And then all of a sudden you get in the ring. You tag your man in, you tag your girl in, you tag your guy in, and you end up wrestling with each other. Yeah. It happens all the time. Let's keep going. <clears throat> so when it comes to flesh and blood, when we warn against other people, we talk about friends. Like, like only God knows who's really a good friend. Give me three things that makes individuals, one person or multiple people, what makes a friend a real solid friend. Yes. Honesty. Why honesty to you? Why is it important for you in friendship? That's real. What else? Yes, sir. Uh, a listener. A listener. Why is it important to you? It's a good thing as far as a friend. Some people have a lot to say, and you know, and sometimes it would like take their own life without saying it. And yeah. you know, a lot of people need to have their voices heard. Yeah, that's good. So honesty and listening. One more. What makes a good friend? Go ahead. Your friend. Your friend is getting you to share. Go ahead, share. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> Man, that's real. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good friend. That's, that's a person that wants you to be more than just a friend. You know, not necessarily lustfully, but just emotionally. So let's talk about that. So the, the thing about friends is that we're not smart enough to select them. because Just because we have common interests doesn't mean we should be interested in friendship together. All right? What sets this generation up for failure or generations up for failure is that we don't know what it means to be a friend of God or to be God's friend. 
Friendship with God will help us to be best friends to ourselves. When we're best friends with ourselves, we don't need no friends. Need I don't mind wanting a friend. Like right now, I don't have that many friends, but I don't need friendship because I could talk to God. You know, my wife would be like, man, you, you, you go for long drives or you take long shots. I'm talking to God, like talking to the, my friend, like, like that's my friend. And that helps me to be friendly. Now, what's the difference between being friendly and being a friend, which I say this. Sometimes we should just stick with just being friendly and not allowing our friendliness to lead to friendships. Because when we're friendly or we need friendships, like I can be friendly with people and they will assume that we best friends. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, fam, you fool. <laughs> I ain't your friend. <laughs> I ain't your friend. Don't, don't be. And they be asking, hey, yo, so you want to go here? I'm like, no. <laughs> People been taking me like, like no, I don't want to go. Like, like, fam, don't mistake my friendliness for friendship. But how many of us are just super friendly because we're just friends? Now, what's something else that has us wrestling with other people that's also flesh and blood? We'll stop there. We'll stay here. We'll stop that. We'll stay. Go. We're going to go here. When we're wrestling against flesh and blood, not only are we wrestling against our own flesh, mind, will, and emotions, thoughts, memories, ideas, whatever. We're also wrestling against the flesh and blood of the people before us. We're wrestling against the fleshness of our moms, the fleshness of our dad, the bloodline impact of demonic generational uh, 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 control they want to have over the lineage. Not only are we wrestling against flesh and blood of our parents and their parents, we're wrestling against our own flesh and blood. Then also we're wrestling against the flesh and blood of other people. If we have our own flesh and blood past to present, they too have their flesh and blood battles past to present. So that's why you got to be very selective when it comes to like who I'm being friends with, because how are you in your flesh? Is your flesh on a subjective? Are you killing and mortifying the deeds of the flesh daily? Are you crucifying your flesh daily? Are you still impacted by your bloodlines? Because when you marry someone and you mix bloodlines and you mix flesh, then all of a sudden you could be mixing with death. Like flesh, like flesh is this. I need my wife to kill her flesh daily. I have to kill my flesh daily. If not, whatever you feed the most will lead the most. So that's why you got to be very selective because you don't want to wrestle against somebody's daddy issues. <laughs> like, do you know how many relationships I've talked to? People, they get married, the honeymoon phase is over, and now they're wrestling with daddy issues, wrestling with someone's mama issues, wrestling with someone's lust problem. That's why you got to be very careful who you yoke up with. Like, like I got, I just, you just can't, because not, not, only did I, not only did my wife marry me and I married her, but we married families together. That's why when she started dating, we all investigating. <laughs> like, like, because our family's valuable. Like, fam, he, whoever she marries, I got to deal with on beach trips. <laughs> he, he's the one that got to ride with me to go, we need you to get a bunch of cases of water. Who's riding with me? See what I'm saying? Her man. I don't got time for his flesh being in my car. And, 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 and you got, because what, what we need to do is whoever her boo is, man, we don't got time for like me being up two o'clock in the morning talking about, do I want to start a prison ministry today? <laughs> that's for all the, the, the girls that's in my family, because I'm a pillar in that thing. 
You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So before you start dating, you got to start investigating. Like, you got to investigate yourself. You got to investigate what they're warned against because you're going to end up wrestling with demons they didn't think they had. And let me tell you something. The closer you get to a person, the closer you begin to see their demons, what they're wrestling with. We've dated. How many of us dated some demons? <laughs> I've dated some, some, some demons. <laughs> That's why, listen, or how many of us are demons? How many of us are demonic in how we engage? How many of us, we got demons that are pressing us, that making us oppressive to other people? Are we bad for someone else? And a lot of us, we got to start thinking because if we think that we can't have demons operating in and through us, we, we can't be possessed by demons. Please understand that. If you have the Holy Spirit, you cannot be possessed. Possession means I own you. When we got the, so I tell people this, this is what makes makes sense. How many people in here saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, but had a cold? But had a cold? Had a flu? Had a sickness? So how could you be filled with the Holy Spirit and still have a cold? Something infiltrated the body part of you. Even though your spirit is filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, the soul part, we're not saying demons are in your soul. I'm in here. But some way, somehow, they're infiltrated your soul through your thoughts, through your memories, through your emotions. And you may not be possessed by a demon, but you oppressed by that demon. And that demon is occupying your thoughts. They may not be in your thought like, hey, I'm in your thought. But they're the one planting the thought. Because you open the door for them to be connected to you. So right now, you could be filled with the Holy Ghost. You go outside, play ball, don't have a jacket on, you sweat and you get a cold. A lot of us, our souls got colds. Our souls are demonically oppressed, demonically engaged. And if we are naive to that, demons will hide behind that. And then all of a sudden, that soul category you, they'll be using your thoughts, memories, emotions, your attitudes, all against your altitude. And you'll find yourself, why am I sitting here with chickens when I'm meant to fly like an eagle? It happens all the time. And so when we understand that, we'll be like, hey, man, <clears throat> that's why I can't care about y'all specs in your eye. I got to take the beam out of mine. I got to make sure, hey, am I fine? Like, am I maximizing myself? To who I need to be because I don't want to be something that my wife has to wrestle unnecessarily with. And how many of us, our parents are wrestling unnecessary with us or we're wrestling unnecessary with our parents. But when we understand that this is a plot and scheme set before the set right at, right after the scenes of the world was created, we'll be able to say, I got to respect my opponent. I don't. Everything's not a demon. Everything's not demonic. But a lot of things are. <laughs> And we got to be very careful that we understand that from top down, this thing, he has a well-organized machine. Jesus even said, he would say, he casts out the devil by the powers of the devil. That sounds very dumb when that Pharisee said that. He, he has the power of bells above. Jesus then responded and said, a, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. What he's saying is Satan is not divided against Satan. Obviously, his kingdom is standing. Obviously, his kingdom is, is what it is, and we got to respect it. We got to inspect it, and, and we got to learn how to detect it so that we can really be who we need to be to win. Any questions, thoughts, comments about what we share today? We'll do part two next week. All right, we're done. <laughs>